This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Mountain, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Liz Gill. Happy New Year, Coach Charlie. Well, Happy New Year to you. It's a little strange that we're just having our first uh, first autocorrect of the year now, but, you know, we have breaking news sometimes, and so that gets in our way. It does. <laughs> we also want to welcome our guest, contributor Casey Williams. Y'all know him as Auto Casey on YouTube. Welcome back to AutoCorrect, Casey. Happy New Year, Liz and Coach. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. We are so glad that you're here. You know, I think Casey, and and this is his this is his uh, passion is reviewing cars. And you know, Casey, I went and looked. You must have driven at least fifty different cars for like a week last last year. You have so many that you get into. When you very first get into a new vehicle, new to you, brand new vehicle, what do you look for? What do you look at? Well, you know, in the old days, you know, it used to be very simple. You had a little radio and you had, you know, one stock that had the turn signal and, and which wipers on it. But cars are obviously a lot more complicated. So, you know, I look at the main controls, make sure I know how to turn the lights on and off, make sure I know where the wipers are, gear selector. But then, you know, really making sure they understand the infotainment system and the touchscreen. And they're different in every single car. But, you know, understand how to get the radio on, understand how to use navigation, because you don't want to do that when you're driving down the road. And, and a lot of those systems will lock you out anyway, but you, you want to understand how to, how to use all those functions while you're still sitting still. You know, that was – I was – my husband and I were talking about that. I said, well, what would you like me to ask uh, Casey? And he's – we are now driving a, a Hyundai Sonata that has this infotainment thing. And first off, it doesn't seem intuitive. And then second, you know, if you're driving down the, the road, it's hard to kind of stick your finger on it and to make sure you push it right and – Ah, is there an infotainment system that you like better than others that you've driven? I like Chrysler groups a lot, you know, in the Jeep and Chrysler and Dodge products. And what they do is they, they have a touchscreen. You can do it all by touchscreen. You can do it by voice controls if you wish. Um, they also have very intuitive, you know, icons for nav and audio and phone, so it's very easy to navigate it. But then they also have redundant buttons for key functions for the radio and for climate control down below. So you can use a touchscreen if you like the touchscreen. You can do it by voice. You can be really fancy. But they also have the redundant buttons down below so you can reach down film. And they have a proper tuning knob and volume knob, which I think all cars should have, no matter what system they have. Yeah, my wife has a Mercedes that um, – 2021 Mercedes, and we have trolls scanning the radio, trying to get the stations on it because there's not really a scan button anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like you know, I, I'm somebody who likes to sit in traffic still a little bit and, and tune through the stations especially if I have satellite radio because you have so many stations but I, it's just intuitive you can reach down you can feel it and, and automakers can make those knobs feel expensive they can make them out of aluminum and all kinds of stuff but cars should have volume and tuning knobs just right. I, I would ag- mess with I would agree well, we are so excited that Auto Casey is here we are talking about new vehicles with our guest Casey Williams but Y'all, don't forget, Coach, you got to show him some love today. Ask him your vehicle repair questions. Don't forget our email address, auto at 
mpbonline.org. We're going to go to Lavana from Mississippi. Lavana, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect this hour. What's your comment or question? Uh, my question is, um, about a month ago, my vehicle, I have a small SUV, started um, vibrating when I put it in park. And I noticed the other day when I backed up, I was kind of sitting there waiting on my little puppy to move out the driveway. It doesn't vibrate in reverse. And when you put it in park, it doesn't vibrate. It only starts vibrating kind of high. When you put it in drive. Well, as the is vibrating, there's a lot of different things. You could have uh, something wrong with the heat shields over there making a little noise and vibrating as the engine is moving. Or it even could be the engine itself, the motor mounts uh, on the engine. Maybe they are bad. You might want to get those checked because a lot of times when you put it in reverse, it'll jerk up and it'll vibrate a little bit. Same thing if you put it in forward. But what I would do is check the engine first and make sure there's nothing loose up underneath the vehicle or the engine. Okay, because I think the car is about 10 years old. So now, even when I put it on, like, let's say I put the heat or the air on, one or two, it doesn't blow, but three or four, it blows. Yeah, a lot of times there you need to uh, check the resistor. They have a uh, blower motor resistor, and those blower motor resistors will go out. Usually they'll work on like two or three speeds, and the high sp- really just work on the high speed and not really work on the rest of them. So I would check the resistor for that uh, fan motor as well. You're so welcome. Thanks, Lavana. We're going to go and move on to Greg, who's called in next. Greg, thanks so much for calling AutoCorrect. What is your comment or question? Thank you. Uh, my tires are currently, uh, I bought them in 18, and this year okay. I noticed that. Could I get your uh, first name? With the, with the, I'm going to, Alan, where are you calling? I've noticed that the temperature of the rate, the pressure keeps going up and down this year, and they haven't done that before. I just wondered if, right. if tires, as they get older, Lose their, lose their ability to keep a pressure steady. Is it all the tires or just uh, one or two, or is it all of them? Because what it is, you could think, I'll just go ahead and tell you what, uh, you might want to check the valve stems in them because the valve stems do get old and they will lose air pressure. Uh, older the tire is, older, easier it is to lose air pressure out of those uh, valve stems. So that's what I would check on those. Val stems. Great. Okay, let's go to Jim in Hernando, Houston. (laughs) Jim, thanks so much. Oh, Jim, coach, you don't know. Jim has emailed us, but uh, we had a little kerfuffle with it, so he's going to give us his question over the phone. Jim, I'm so glad you could call in. What's your question for coach? Good morning. Thank you very much. Good morning. Uh, I have a 2012 Impala. And uh, it's about uh, 100,000 miles on it now, but for a long time now, when you start out, if you back up or go forward and you try to start, it makes a crunching sound up front and it grabs the steering wheel. You can feel it through the steering wheel and the stability control light flash. And that's the only time it ever does it. If you turn off the stability control, it never does that. Okay, what do you got? You may have on that, uh, you have... Um bushings or mounts that hold that steering uh, console or that steering uh, rack and pinion to the frame and that may be causing your problem where it's jerking the steering wheel because what those those mounts will get loose or they'll wear 
and that will cause it. You will not notice it as much driving down the road, but you will notice it when you first take off right. because they will push from one way to the to the left or the right of the vehicle. So that's what I would check. Would you? What, what about what about the rack and pinion? Say that again, right quick, please, sir. So the rack and pinion has bushings and that mount to the frame of the vehicle. Okay, it holds the rack and pinion in place, and those bushings will get wore. And then when you turn hard to the left or hard to the right when it's uh, first cranked up, it will grab that steering wheel, and you'll feel it in the steering wheel. All right, sir. That's not, if, if I have a moment, I can explain what was wrong with my email. It was a bad email. Okay, go I, ahead. I left a space between car and complaints dot com, and it was it was just reading that as, as a website called complaints dot com. Yeah, it was like French furniture or something. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I wanted to thank y'all again for telling me about the com, the car complaints dot com site, but I shouldn't have left that space in there. Well, we appreciate you calling. And they they had they had referred me to a service bulletin that said it might need to have the struts replaced, but what you said makes a whole lot more sense. Well, I would go ahead and check those mounts and then uh, go to the struts. Because, like I say, you're really not going to feel the mounts a lot when you're driving down the highway, but you're going to feel it when you first take off a lot. Yes, sir. That sounds exactly right. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And now let's go to Alan, who's called in from Raymond. Alan, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Oh, okay. It may be simple, but um, I like to take my oil and... But I just got a, I just got a, recently got a car 2009 Ford Fusion. You know, there's a splash guard underneath the unscrew of things, but on the front right side there's like a tab or something. I don't want to break it. I can't figure out how to get it off. <laughs> well, the little plastic tabs that you're talking about holds those shields up underneath. Oh, the... No, no, it's a metal. Okay, this is a metal tab. I, I can unscrew all the way around, and there's that one tab on the front right side. And it has a screw up in it? No, there's no screw. I can't figure out that. I can't see a screw on it. I can't see I'm afraid to break it. Well, on some cars, I did have where you had the metal tab on there where you would slide the plastic up in it. So it may just slide up in it. Oh, uh, maybe I didn't try that. Right. That's in, try that and see if it just slides up in it because a lot of times it'll hold, they'll have some clips like that on that car. Uh, okay, can I ask a quick question? Yes, sir. oil, I like to use that 100% synthetic oil. I'm just wondering, uh, I get them always confused, but my it's a 5W-20, the 20W-5. 5W-20? Yeah, yeah, that's what it says. But this zero, um, is that the only one? Because um, sometimes I can't get the 20, it's a 30. What I would do, uh, the, you know, when it says 5W20 or 0W20 or 0W30, all that is viscosity, uh, how thick that motor oil is. And what I would do is go through the owner's manual and see exactly what they recommend. And now you can find that in different brand names. I don't know what brand you're using, but uh, like 020 and 010, that's usually a mobile one. Uh, but you can find them a lot of uh, different brand names. Oh, uh, Okay. Uh, if I have twenty, so if I zero means if it's really uh, it's really good in the summer. 
Right. Hot days. Okay, and that W in that oil viscosity means winter. That it's able to be used in the winter. That's what it's called multiple viscosity. That's multiple thickness. So you can use that uh, in different, you know, because before they used to only had one viscosity. You would see 30-weight oil, 40-weight, 20-weight oil, and now it's uh, uh, multi-viscosity. Uh, okay, but I should stick to the one that the cost does. Uh, yes, sir, I would. Okay, okay it's 20 cents. Okay, thank you. If you've got a question, send us your emails. Auto at mpbonline.org we're talking about new vehicles with auto casey and coach charlie is here to answer your vehicle repair calls um is your car under recall we've got a list of ones that are you're listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie. I'm Liz Gill. If you want even more AutoCorrect Find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 with a replay Saturdays at 11. Here are some of the latest recalls. Audi Q5 and SQ5 have troubles if you spill liquid in the back seat. If it drips through, it gets onto something, and that's bad. The Subaru Ascents Legacies Outbacks have a drive chain issue. The 21-22 Ford F-150s have a recall for their drive shaft. Tesla Model 3 sedans are recalled for a rear-view camera connection. And the Tesla Model S sedans are recalled for a hood latch. So you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHTSA, nhtsa.gov slash recall, and input that VIN number or find their Safer Car app. We're talking this morning with Casey Williams from YouTube. You know him as Auto Casey, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Don't forget our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Casey, I can tell from your videos you've got a cute little girl. So you're a, a family guy, and you haul around kids, and usually if there's one kid, they've got three other friends. Uh, what are the new cars uh, 
that uh, work with transporting kids. What do you like? What have you uh, seen that's been interesting to you? Yeah, my eight-year-old daughter has been in several of the videos. She's a she's been a lot of fun. But but having you know a younger kid, some things I've definitely learned and and I've thought about when I'm buying my next new car too. You know have, have you know check the seat belts in the back. See if they're easy to fasten. It's amazing to me how many cars I test drive where my daughter can't. You know, she can't reach it over or the seat belt's kind of buried into the seat and can't get it fastened. And I'm trying to reach over and I'm trying to help her with it. Um, you know, kids today, of course, are really into, you know, their, their iPads and their phones and connecting and playing their videos when you're traveling. So, you know, a, car, a new car with Wi-Fi is a big help. Um, most new cars have it available. You get the service. But my daughter just taps in and I, I don't hear, hear even hear her in the back seat for hours on end. She loves it. Um, you know, some other features I've thought about, too, that have been really helpful. Seats that you can wash down. You know, a lot of new cars, you know, either have leather seats or they have, you know, simulated leather seats. So you can wash them down easily if they spill and drip. And then look for cup holders in the armrest. You know, my daughter's always having some, some jug of water or going through a drive through and giving her a drink. And it's always good if they have a place where they can put it and they can manage it themselves. Awesome. And I think a lot of the, uh, the the kid qualities, except for the cup holders, would be good for dogs. <laughs> Something yeah. that you can wipe wipe down because we've got drooly pups. And there's a uh, frozen custard place we like to go to, and they give puppy cups. And we sometimes, they're usually good, but if there's a spill, you want to be able to, to mop that up. We've got tons of calls, so... Oh, goodness. I'm feeling like I'm Felder not being able to read this. Let's go with uh, Alan. No, uh, let's go with Fletch, who's called in. Uh, Fletch, what's your comment or question this morning? Thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Uh, question on a Chevy um, 2017. My son got a... Um, I'm hearing a lot of Kevin. Y'all hearing me? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, go ahead, Fletch. Um, my son got a 2017 Chevy Silverado uh, High Country, I think. Had it for about five days before it was stolen out in Dallas. No evidence of how they got in. Is that a is that a truck that's susceptible to, um, you know, electronic access and ignition? Well, a lot of times now, if you can get in the vehicle and they've made it easier, not really easier, but you got locksmithing out there that got the tools where they can get in that vehicle pretty quick. And as they get in there, uh, really all they got to do is override the computer. And they probably have a computer uh, software where they're able to override that computer. And when they override the computer, they can take the vehicle because it has anti-theft. It has all that on there. But so they would have to override the computer. Is that, a, is that a common practice in these larger markets where they probably got chop shops they can get in and get out? Oh, yeah. And you go up to New York, Houston, out in Texas and all those. Yeah, they got um, – that's going on a lot. You can read a lot about that. Is there anything the consumer do to combat if somebody's got that override? No. The only thing people use today and, you know, they've used them before is something like that steering wheel where they can't uh, cut that uh, – be able to move that steering wheel. But if they're going to do that anyway, they're going to usually have a flatbed or something like that and just haul the vehicle off because they're taking it to a chop shop. Yep. All right. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. You don't like hearing that kind of stuff. You just don't like hearing that kind of stuff. I guess if you were going to leave a car um, sitting for a while, there are some actual physical things you could 
pull, plug, unplug to make it harder to steal. But if you're just running into Kroger, well, yikes. usually there people are looking for vehicles that are sitting overnight, stuff like that, where they can really get to them and they can override the computer because you know it takes. There probably maybe somebody across the street watching that vehicle and they already got into your computer. That was the thing. Uh, a lot of computers can be hacked. You know, as they hack those computers, they're able to get them. Oh, yikes. So, <laughs> Go ahead, Michelle. I have to ask this question. Um, I think I've asked it before on the show. With the cars being more tech, you know, tech savvy, is that good or bad? Can you steal a car easier in the old way or now? It's probably easier in the old way, but today, you know, you want to use computers and all to override them. It's just the software that is written that somebody has went in the back door of the software. And Chrysler had a problem with that in their Jeeps uh, several years ago where the vehicle was driving down the road and somebody would take over the steering. As the vehicle was driving, the uh, operator was not operating the vehicle. And see, that scares me because, you know, you and you, we talk about our cars and your wife has one. And I'm like, okay, I've gone fancy now. And, I mean, it can still be stolen. You think you're above some things. But, I mean, like the guy asked you, what can we do to uh, offset that? What can we do to protect our cars from getting stolen? A lot of the manufacturers are putting... Uh, things in their computers that where they cannot be stolen but you know cheaper the car is sometimes easier it is to get in it mamas and daddies teach morals let's go to jim on the road jim be careful we're so glad you've called into autocorrect today we've got casey williams known as auto auto casey on youtube and we've got coach charlie melton what's your question Hey, okay, this is Jeff, <laughs> but uh, I think you're talking to me. Anyway. Yeah, I am, Jeff. Thanks. Uh, okay, uh, I have a 2013 Ford C-Max Hybrid, and about three mornings ago, I got up and no lights, and, I, you know, it's dark when I go to, to work. And uh, anyway, so I have to, but when I put it on bright, it works, so my dim lights just all of a sudden went out. And I was wondering, is that, could that possibly be just a fuse or something I could fix myself or because everybody's getting mad at me, you know. I'll keep bright lighting everybody. Well, there are a lot of vehicles out there, uh, Jeff, that have uh, fuses for the bright lights themselves and the dim lights. There are separate fuses, so I'd check the fuse first. And then, according if this has the uh, module-type lighting system on it, you know, the electronic module lighting uh, on there, there are some of those boxes that will go out for the lighting system itself. You know, because it's uh, it's on a con- it's on a computer system, so um, easy thing first. Check the fuse and go from there. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank okay, you. thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Let's go to Terry now in Tupelo. Terry, what's up with you? We're glad you've called into AutoCorrect. Love the show. Don't love having to call in because that means I got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, I live in Tupelo. My wife went down to help my girls in Jackson. Mississippi or Richland, actually, and the car quit. <clears throat> it was the battery. Uh, we found out it had a bad cell. It was an old battery. I asked her, was there corrosion on the cable leads, uh, you know, that fit on the post, and she said there was, and so she cleaned them off real good. I told her what to get. Now the battery's dead again, and I like to start small and work my way up. Do you think it would be the cables, or do you think it's a 2009 Honda Pilot? It's got about 105,000 miles on it. Uh, I'm just wondering if it might be the cables that lead down to the alternator, because I definitely don't want to replace an alternator if I don't have to. 
What I've seen on a lot of vehicles today is that I give you a good example of a Jeep I just did uh, just the other day. Uh, they were going to take it to the shop, brought it in, the lights were flickering, and we took the cables off the battery completely, took them off, cleaned the cables, the cable ends, and then cleaned the battery and put them back on there, and there was no problem. What you want to look for on this one, if there was corrosion on that battery already, right behind the yep. cable post itself where the wire comes in, you need to check right there and see if there's corrosion right behind that battery post cable. Okay, okay. Because a lot of times so it it'll like get in I'm there. Be driving down to Jackson because I don't think I can trust my wife. Nothing against women, but I don't think I can trust my wife to do it as thorough as I would. Yeah, I'm thinking it may just be the cable itself at the battery post itself. All right, brother. Thank you so much, Coach Charlie. Appreciate You're it. So welcome. Thanks, Terry. We all have our control issues. I am not letting my husband talk to the remodelers at our house or the fix-it guys at our house. Everybody's got their own control issues. That is it. Okay. Our email address where you can send your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We are talking with Auto Casey between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Podcasts can be found on our website or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash cartag. We'll see you on the road. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, Retired from Clinton High School Automotive Technology Program is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. We have hoped that you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the app, you can click support. And that will uh, help keep our programs on the air for you and for others to enjoy. So thank you so much for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So in the news, uh, Coach, you've got a Ford F-150. The Ford Motor Company is concerned about its reputation and customer complaints related to the upcoming launch of the F-150 Lightning. It's warning dealers not to upsell reservations for the popular EV truck. So you can't charge bonus for people to get a reservation to get one, but it also wants customers to sign a contract preventing them from reselling it within a year. That's according to a letter from the automaker to its dealers. Our guest today is uh, AutoCorrect's 
Auto Casey's Casey Williams. So, uh, Casey, what have you heard about this F-150 Lightning? That's going to be a very cool truck and, and a very smart move for Ford. So, you know, they got, they got started on EVs a little bit late. Um, started out with the Mustang Mach-E, which is a you know hatchback crossover. And then the truck is second. And I think it's going to be really popular with commercial customers, with business owners. But I think when traditional truck buyers get into it, I think they're going to like it too. It's going to be the fastest F-150 acceleration of any of any F-150 out of the factory, and it's got it's got the front the front frunk, as they call it. So there's a big storage area where the engine used to be. You, you get your golf clubs in there, you can get your other gear in there if you're doing sports and stuff. But I, I think people are going to fall in love with it. I think it's a very smart move for Ford. Coach, if uh, Price is Right gave you a brand new F-150 Lightning, uh, would you would you keep it? Do you, is this something that you you're interested in? I'd probably keep it because if Ford does not keep producing them, it's going to be a collector's item. Okay. Because, like I say, it's going to be very popular at first, and then according how our politics goes in the next several years, you'll see what happens. All right. Casey, we love your YouTube videos. You get to experience what all of us wish we could do is is drive new cars. Michelle really wants to buy a car, but uh, that's a whole other story. Um, one thing... Uh, people in Mississippi and on AutoCorrect especially, these prices are just so high. Give us uh, some recommendations of what you've liked for the lower-priced cars. Well, Michelle, Michelle can give me a call anytime. I'll help her out. But, you know, in 20, 2021, average prices hit $45,000, which, you know, even people make a good salary, $45,000 is a lot of money for a car. And a lot of cars that I test drive, you know, are 100000 plus, too. But you know, I looked at ten different ones that are under you know, twenty five thousand dollars or under, and really good cars for under that money. So you don't have to spend lots of money. Um, one of my favorites right now is the new Ford Maverick pickup truck. It's based on the Ford Escape Bronco Sport platform, so it's a unibody crossover. Um, but the base model is under twenty thousand dollars, and comes as a hybrid. It's a front wheel drive hybrid. It's forty two miles per gallon in the city, and it's also pretty peppy with the hybrid. Um, so, so I like that one. I think it looks cool. It's the right size, I think, for most people for a pickup truck. Um, some of the traditional cars are still really popular. You know, the Honda Civic, Honda Civic Hatchback, they start under $22,000. Um, comes standard with App, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto Connections. Um, has a 180 horsepower turbocharged four-cylinder. Um, gets 31 miles per gallon city, 40 on the highway. So a very affordable car. They have a reputation for lasting a very long time and very good gas mileage. And if you want a hybrid, you know, the Kia Nero hybrid, Starts just under $25,000. It's kind of a small crossover, but it gets 50 miles per gallon. So, you know, affordable car to buy up front and really good gas mileage. I got a question for you. As you're testing these vehicles and you see the future of what's coming to us, do you see anything that these chips and these computer problems that we're having now, what are they affecting in the new cars right now? The ability to get a new car is really the biggest thing that's affecting right now. Um, you know, it's just it's a lot of down production because of COVID, and, and it takes quite a bit of time to ramp up that production back up again. So, the, I mean, the experts are saying that we're probably going to be into 2023 before it's fully fixed. But you know, the, the Ford Mavericks example, it's a very popular vehicle, and and it's if you order one today, it's going to be 2023 before you can get one. The F-150 Lightning is another case of it, and that's why there's you know people are marking them up so much and they're signing the contracts. Po- popular vehicle just can't get them. They right. just, just can't get the production. Okay, appreciate it. Let's go to Natchez and talk with James. James, we're so glad you've called into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? 
First, thank you for having me on, and I'm one of those uh, DIY people. <laughs> um, I, I got three quick things. I got a 1997, Ford, uh, 1997 Dodge truck, and it has this uh, shift manual uh, to ship it in the 4 before in the floorboard. All of my friends tell me, you know, you, it, it's something simple up under there because there's a manual shift. Uh, could you help me on that first? Next, I have a Jeep uh, Cherokee uh, and the valve cover gasket. I do have an inch torque wrench. Uh, would you recommend? I'm going to try and retorque it myself uh, without uh, putting a new gasket on. Uh, the, the pattern, and would you recommend going a little bit higher than the manufacturer's suggested torque wrench? And third, uh, a brother of mine was coming down from Birmingham. You pull over on the side of the road uh, to take a break in some uh, high grass. Uh, the car caught on fire, and all he could do was watch it burn. I told him I think that the catalytic converter, which was too low to the ground, started to fire. Uh, <laughs> help me out. Okay, first of all, what is the Dodge truck doing as you shift him? Will it not go into four-wheel drive or what? It will not go into four-wheel drive. Okay, so one the first thing I would do is it linkage or cable? That's the first thing I would check to see if it's a linkage uh, shift or it's a cable shift down there. Because a lot of times if it's a linkage shift, you may have a bent uh, bracket or you may have a pin that has, you know, wore out or something to keep it from shifting. If it's a cable, the cable itself could be stuck, you know, because they rust inside the uh, metal housing. So I would check that on the shifting. On the valve cover gasket, what I would do on that, I would not go over the manufacturer specification for the torque, but what I would do is take that valve cover gasket off and see if that uh, valve cover itself is bent uh, where the gasket goes because a lot of times people put them on there and they don't use an inch torque wrench and they squeeze that bolt all the way down, that gasket starts coming out and they bend the valve cover. So I'd check that. And on the cat, what I would do on that, most likely you were correct on the cat because uh, a lot of the dealerships, a lot of the manufacturers had a problem with pulling over in high grass and catching on fire with the catalytic converter or even the exhaust coming out of the exhaust. I know that Ford and GM both changed the way that their exhaust pipe uh, turned down was in order to keep it from catching on fire. Wow, thank you. I can tell my brother I was right now. Yeah, you are right. <laughs> At MPB, we li- we live for proving you right, so you can go tell your brother you were right. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you so much, James. We appreciate you call- calling in. Let's go to John in Mobile. John, welcome to AutoCorrect. Happy New Year. What's going on with you today? Happy New Year to you, Liz. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have two quick questions. I hope they'll be quick. Um, one is about a motor mount. Uh, I've heard you mention a motor mount earlier. And the other is uh, the accelerator pedal. The, uh, I had the car's hood up, and a neighbor was with me watching me, you know, refill the fluids and stuff. And uh, I occasion to uh, move the, uh, with the car running, I occasion to move the shifter through its um, range. And he said, uh, and I heard him say, wow, the neighbor. And um, I asked him what it was, and he said, uh, your, your car just, uh, your engine just jumped. And so uh, I had him do the same thing. And when he, uh, it shifted from park to drive, 
the engine alert, uh, the engine seemed to jump one way, and from drive to reverse, it lurched back the other way. Is that a motor mount problem, and is it dangerous? That is a motor mount problem. You can always uh, know how I test that. I have somebody hold on the brake itself, put the vehicle in drive, and then you'll see the uh, engine move one direction. It's torquing, and then when you take it off, you put it in uh, reverse, it'll torque the other way. Okay, and the motor mounts, like say, they need to be replaced. Okay. Uh, now, the accelerator pedal, uh, this is something that the car has pretty much always done in the six years I've owned it. Um, I'm at a stop a stoplight, and the light turns green. I uh, touch the accelerator pedal, and nothing happens. Uh, so I give it a little bit more gas, and it lurches forward. And I've learned to tap the gas pedal so that it doesn't do that most of the time. But is that... Uh, something simple like uh, the mass airflow sensor being gunked up. What year vehicle is it? Uh, it's a 2001. It's a Mercury. Okay. It's, it's a, it still has a cable on it, right? It's not drive-by wire. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a uh, cable. Okay. So what I would do first on that, if it's the cable itself, I would get somebody out there as you're pushing on the accelerator, have somebody push on the accelerator and see if the cable itself is wore at the end because a lot of times they're on a ball and they go up into the uh, throttle and see if that's war because that could be causing a problem even at the pedal itself inside the vehicle according to how much slack you have in that cable. I see. Okay. Thank you very much. You're so uh, welcome. Great program today. Thank you. Hey, we have a great program every week, John. That's right. This one. No, we're so excited today to have Coach and to have uh, Casey Williams on from Auto Casey. We are talking about various new cars and taking your repair questions. Don't forget, you can always send us your email questions, auto at mpbonline.org. We not only have Casey Williams live, we've got him on record. So we're going to hear his new car review coming up. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. If you're looking for a three-row crossover just a little more attitude, we may have the perfect vehicle for you this week. It's the 2022 Subaru Ascent Onyx Edition. From the outside, a lot of blacked-out trim, black grille, 20-inch black alloy wheels, blacked-out roof rack, and all the badging as well. Has 8.7 inches of ground clearance, so you can still hit some light trails. Inside, you've got two-tone faux leather seats, so you can just wipe them down if your kids make a mess on them or if you're out bicycling and getting some mud and dirt inside the vehicle, easy to clean it. you got tri-zone automatic climate control, a panoramic sunroof, and a full suite of crash avoidance systems. Under the hood, a very peppy 2.4-liter turbocharged four-cylinder, delivers 260 horsepower, and you still get 20 miles per gallon in the city, 26 on the highway. Not bad for a large three-row crossover. So all this comes with a pretty value-packed price. This one starts right at $32,000. This one fully equipped, $41,320. 
See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing the leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Hanging on to a vehicle you can't drive feels like a dream where you try to run but can't. Rather than hit the snooze for another year, why not donate your car, truck, or other vehicle to MPB and wake up to great television and radio? Call 877-MPB-4-CAR or go to mpbonline.org slash support and click on Donate a Vehicle to support the programs you count on morning and evening. Now that's a good dream. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show on our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. I'm Liz Gill, but our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. New feature. Coach's tip of the week. What's your tip of the week this week? Well, the t- tip of the week this week, we're talking about batteries. And as we talk about batteries, you know, so many people jump their vehicles off. And first of all, we want to make sure that people know how to jump their vehicle off. And that is where you take the jumper cables and you go from negative to negative. Well, really, let's go back. Let's go from positive to positive. Then we go to negative on the car that's running to the frame of the car that's not running. Do not put it on the battery itself, on the negative side. Put it on wow. the frame somewhere, and that will. And that's how you jump that vehicle off. But before you do that, I want you to check the battery cables, the connections, because that's the thing is, a lot of times it may just be the connections. They could be corroded, and just make sure they're cleaned And before you jump that vehicle off. That's what Terry was saying. He said it was a little bit corroded, and... Uh, we used to keep <laughs> we used to keep like a little bristle brush thing to help sh- shave off all the little corrosion. Well, I'll give you a good example how you can do that real easy to make sure that your battery is clean. Pull your vehicle out of the garage, get you some water, let it run, let the vehicle run, and just pour that water slowly on the battery post. And when you pull it, pour it on there slowly, it will get all that corrosion off. You have no. You know, a lot of people say put Coke on there, but we don't do that. But just pour some water on it while it's running, and it will eat all that corrosion off. Coach Charlie, I have a question about batteries in um, cold weather. We're we're going through cold weather right now, cold, hot, cold, hot here in Mississippi. What are some things we could do with our batteries uh, to prepare for uh, the January, maybe February weather? Well, once again, it comes to the battery. Make sure that the battery is clean. Make sure the posts are tight. Mm -hmm. The connections are tight. And make sure that that battery is good before you go into the wintertime because usually it starts going bad in the summertime, and you will tell that it's bad in the wintertime. All right. Uh, Casey Williams, Auto Casey, is our guest today. Uh, We're finishing up the show. But in the news has been the Consumer Electronics Show. And I heard this year it was mostly cars. What do you know about the Consumer Electronics Show, Casey? Well, you know, it used to be that all the auto introductions were done in Detroit and Chicago. But, yeah, CES is the place where that's being done now. So I think the big news this year was Chevrolet unveiled their all-electric Silverado pickup truck. Um, it'll be out for 2024, looking at a 400-mile range, 0 to 16, 4 and a half seconds. Um, you can still tow 10,000 pounds with it. 
the first edition is going to be you know very very expensive about one hundred five thousand um, dollars, but there will be a under forty thousand dollar work truck following very quickly behind it. Um, you can recharge a hundred miles in ten minutes on a DC fast charger. So really good range, a lot of payload capability, and a very stylish vehicle too. I think it looks kind of futuristic. I think people like it. Um, Chevrolet also announced um, EV versions of the Equinox crossover and the Blazer crossover, and then Chrysler announced that they're going to bring back the Airflow as an electric vehicle. Um, Air, Airflow is a vehicle they built in the 1930s. It was a very advanced aerodynamic design, um, but they're going to have a new version of it. It'll come back out, um, 350 to 400 mile range, fast charge capability. And they also said that all the Chrysler's will be EV by 2028. So they're, they're going to be pretty quickly, too. We'll see how all these electric vehicles do. Let's take a – I know we have some calls, but we also have some emails. This uh, Coach, this email was uh, someone had an 08 Hyundai Elantra, and the problem is when driving at low speeds, the car will just stop and coast with no real ability to steer. Do you have any suggestions for this uh, driver? So what's happened is the ignition is cutting off in the vehicle, and by the ignition cutting off, that means that everything's going to die on the vehicle. That That's why they had no steering, because it has no power steering. What I would check on that is see if I may have a uh, computer problem that works intermittently, because it says here that it doesn't happen all the time. So it could be a computer problem. Dad gum intermittent electrical trouble. That's it. <laughs> uh, one more email, real quick. This one is a break one. And uh, at the beginning of the day, it squeaks, but when they get to the bottom of the driveway, not so much. And then no more squeaking for the rest of the day. What about that? Well, it says here that they think it may be the brake shoes on particular vehicles. Uh, at 42,000 miles, you're really not going to have a brake shoe problem in the back. You know, what you could have is maybe some dirt or maybe some rust, according to how, how often you drive it. But, you know, like I say, if it does it in the morning time or when it's been setting up and you just got that rust off of it, then it doesn't do it during the day. So that may be all it is. All right, let's go to Curtis, who's on the road. Curtis, we're so glad you've called into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Yes, I have a 1991 Civic Caprice, and I was driving for about 20 minutes, and it cut off, and I put it in neutral and cranked back up. So I was wondering, uh, what do you think would cause that problem? Well, you know, I did have that problem on a 1995 Buick, and what I ended up having to do is replace the computer because it was the ignition driver inside that computer. And so I went to a salvage yard, got a uh, computer put in there because sometimes the vehicle would drive 100 miles, sometimes it would drive for a couple of weeks, or sometimes it may just drive five miles, and it would the driver would go out. Because what it's doing is warming up, and then you know heat destroys uh, electronics. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Gosh, Curtis, you held on so long, and but Coach had to, had to answer for you. I'm so glad. Let's go. Last call back to Natchez and Lavada. Thanks for calling in, Lavada. What's your comment or question? Um, my comment is um, sometimes when I'm riding, especially at night when I have my lights on, I can see my my lights flickering, like you know the power knob where you turn on, and the other side where you tune the radio. Those lights are flickering, but the the lights at the bottom that control the air and the the temperature they don't flicker. But I noticed that 
I don't have a problem a lot with it, but is that a dangerous electrical problem? That's probably not a dangerous electrical problem. What I would do, it sounds like that alternator may be going, charging a little bit, and then not charging. That's what it sounds like to me because that's what happens when the lights will start flickering a little bit. But it's not a uh, electrical. It's not a dangerous problem. What what I do is have that alternator, that charging system checked. Okay, thank you. You're so welcome. Okay, Casey, you got about one minute. My husband is uh, going to California, and he's going to be renting an SUV this evening. When he first gets into a vehicle, how should he familiarize himself with that new vehicle before he drives away? Again, it's a little bit like we talked about earlier. I think I think you get in, you figure out, first of all, you know, turn signals going to be in the same place on the left side. But make sure you know how the lights work. A lot of vehicles have automatic lights. You make sure you know those settings. Um, windshield wipers, especially in an SUV, they often have a rear windshield wiper. And some of those are turn switches, some are kind of flick switches, some are on the dash. So just make sure how those basic functions work. And, and then beyond that, you know, figure out the radio, make sure you get the radio turned on, climate control. You know, if it's manual controls, that's usually pretty easy. Um, if it's automatic controls, make sure you understand how to do that. But just, just you know, sit down and just kind of think through all the things you're going to be doing with the car and make sure you know where those things are. And that's really what I do every single week when I get into a test car. You know, I've driven enough of them that I kind of know what Hyundai's are like inside and Chevrolet's are like inside, and they tend to be kind of common. Um, but still, I sit down and just make sure I know where those functions are before I get on the road and, and start getting to traffic. Personal question for you. When you drive all these different cars, do you Bluetooth your phone, and then do you un-Bluetooth? Do, is there, do you make sure you kind of remove your information after you're finished with a car? Yes and yes. <laughs> um, the, the, you know, the nice thing about a lot of the new cars is they have either the Apple CarPlay or Android Auto. So you can, you know, I, I just Bluetooth my phone right into it, and then I've got the same basic control screen on the dash. So that, that for me, works really well, especially since I'm getting out of cars all the time. But, yeah, you definitely want to protect your information and un-Bluetooth it. Fantastic. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And what a what a quick hour. Thanks for listening with us today with AutoCorrect. Thank you, Kevin Farrell, for being our call screener. And thank you, Michelle McAdoo. Happy New Year, everybody. For Coach Charlie Melton, our master technician, I'm Liz Gill. Thanks you so much, uh, Casey Williams. We appreciate you Skyping in with us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.